great to see you this morning and a big shout out to those in the lounge or in the other side, small room, if that's where you are. Um, grace and love to you wherever you are in this building and wherever you are when you hear this message. We pray that God would speak to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. What has already been an amazing time, we just thank you that the Holy Spirit has already been speaking into our hearts. And I thank you for the words of even uh, of confirmation as we just begin to discover more of who you are. Ultimately, that is one of the purposes, chief purposes that we are here is to, to know you more. And the songs reflect that. So in our lives and in the business and this craziness of 2020, that we would just remind ourselves and remember that it has to always be about you. And we can't do that really always on our own. We need the reminder of gathering together like this. We need the reminders of when we spend time together considering and understanding your will and your ways. So help us, Lord, today to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm, we're going to continue speaking on, a, on the book of Colossians, which many of you will know from the start. I said is one of my favourite books. I love all the books of the Bible, but this one particularly for me because I'm challenged by it every time I read it. I'm challenged by uh, reflecting on my own life, my own thoughts, my own behaviour, my own outcomes. I'm reflected on how much is Louis and how much is God. How much more I need to learn, like John the Baptist said, I decrease that you may increase. John chapter 3, verse 30, I believe. And so here we are at Colossians and we're looking and understanding. So briefly, many of you know what this is about, but I'll just very quickly just remind you that we're in the first chapter that deals with doctrine. And part of that doctrine is the unveiling, really, of this prayer that we begin to understand. And this is where we're, uh, for the last number of weeks, we've been in this prayer, stuck in prayer. What a good place to be stuck, eh? You may be stuck on the side of the road, but you know, you can be stuck on the side of the road, but you can be stuck with prayer as well. Amen. Who knows when, you, when the car breaks down, Jesus is with you just when the car breaks down. Some of you would wish he would fix it, but it doesn't work like that. Should have taken it to the mechanic. Anyway, Christ is our all in all. Christ has everything that we need to live this life. And so Paul is, is helping to encourage this new church that he may have met a few people, but not the whole church. And so he's hearing stories that, that are worrying for Paul. And, and so anyway, Paul is wanting to re-emphasize what we need to do to get back on track. Paul really unravels in this chapter some amazing insights for us. And I just pray that you would glean on some of those things we we won't touch on a lot of it, but identity. That Paul was speaking from his own identity. I'm an apostle called by God. And then, but it's also us to, it's helping us to understand our identity. What is it? Who am I? Everyone's searching for that answer deep down. Who am I? 
But sometimes we don't know the answer to that, but we have to ask sometimes those closest to us, who do you say that I am, just like Jesus did? We have discovered that Paul was talking about grace and peace. He again focuses on the prayer of thanksgiving. You know, it's really interesting that when we pray, often we're asking for stuff, but maybe how about we just had prayer that said, I thank you. I thank you, like in our songs, I thank you for who you are. Regardless of if every every blessing was cut off from this moment in my life, could I bless you? Could I give thanks to you? So there's some deep layering thought here that we've skimmed over fairly um, or briefly, but I want to just highlight a couple of thoughts with you. And we're going to do that right now. I'm going to leave a couple of bits out and just go go to this. Last week we talked about emphasising how Paul wanted to reshape our thinking, the thinking of the church, their beliefs and their behaviours. So Paul, uh, we looked at 1 1 Corinthians the other week, but 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 20 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. I wonder what the perspective would be if we were to sit with Jesus right now and say, what does that look like right now in the church? What does that look like in the New Testament church? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of what power? I wonder. And so we're going to just look a little bit at this. And what we learned last week in our time of prayer is that when we're going through stuff and we're going through the challenges of life, we need to remember that prayer is so important, so vital. We need to remind ourselves that praise like we've been singing together is so precious. And we need out of those two places, those spaces, we need to put it in to practice. So week five, here we are, week five, and we're just getting through a few verses in the chapter one. But this is the main chapter for me, I think, that we feel we need to build on. This is the foundation. Then we start to move a little bit more speedily, I suppose you could say, without rushing things. Let's just have a look at verse 11. Uh, you've got the whole text there, I'm pretty sure. We've got verse 11 and 12. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully, sorry, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of Light. Father, we thank you for this time this morning and may you speak to our hearts. May we glean what you are saying to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've discovered so far that Paul was praying that they would understand God's will, gain spiritual wisdom, uh, have honour that releases and pleases God, produce every kind of fruit, good fruit that is, Learn to know God better and better or more and more, or deeper and deeper. Verse uh, six, six point uh, thought, be strengthened with God's glorious power. Have great endurance and patience as where we're at now. Be filled with joy and give thanks. And this is what we need to consider. So let's have a little look at this this morning with you. And as we've just read, the preceding verse talks about growing in the knowledge of God. And then Paul says that you are being strengthened with all power 
according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance or patience. Some translations swap these around and sometimes it's patience and long-suffering and we'll get to that. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Here are three points I want to help encourage you with this morning that we can learn from the lessons of the Colossi Church. We're, number one, we are strengthened with all might. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way, and sometimes like we've been singing and hearing this morning, we don't feel that we are strong. We don't feel we are as strong as we should be. Sometimes we feel like there is something missing, but Paul is reminding this church amongst the plethora of ideas and ideologies and theories and thoughts and theologies. He's saying that you need to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I love the way that is translated. This word strengthen is dunamato, which means to make strong, to increase in strength, to grow strong. If we're going to grow, we need in order to grow strong. It includes your ideas to be empowered, to increase in vigour, to be strengthened. So God seeks for us to be strong by His presence. This word is, is linked to the word we looked at the other week and stay alert, stand firm in the faith, be strong or show courage and sorry, then be strong. There's another translation of 111 of Colossians. It says, God will strengthen you with his own great power. Isn't that great? So that you will not give up when troubles come, but you will be patient. I think that words are really close to the original Greek. Ephesians 3.16 says, I ask the Father in his great glory to give you the power to be strong inwardly through his spirit. This word might is dunamis. It's inherent power. Power that's not external but internal. Because when Jesus lives within us, when we ask him to come and be our Lord and Saviour, the Scriptures say that he comes in and he dwells within us. Our spirit was dead unto God. But when we give our life to Jesus, my spirit was dead unto God. But when I asked and I prayed, God, come and save me, save my life, my spirit became alive unto God. And your spirit came alive unto God. This is inherent power. This is God's mighty, glorious power that does the work. Salvation is not a result of your effort or my effort or how good I am or how strong I am or how fit I am. It's relying on God's ability to do something within us internally. This power of residing is by virtue of his very nature. And as he comes with presence, he comes with power. Let me show you what I mean by this. I need a volunteer. Everyone's going, everyone looks away. <laughs> I'll have to use Caleb. I have to use Caleb because I'm touching the chair and because of COVID, but Joel, you know, you, you come a close second, I tell you, buddy. 
So I want this chair to be moved, okay? And so I, I stand back and I'm going to ask Caleb now to come. Come just near this, near this stool. You have to sit on it. <laughs> you just stand there. Just, just near the stool, yep. Okay, there's the stool. Now, Caleb has come with his presence, with his person, hasn't he? He is now near the stool. Is that correct? Okay. So as he has come by person, now, Caleb, I want you to move the stool. Just carry it and bring it over here. That's it. Thank you. Your job is done. Thank you very much. Give him a hand. <laughs> Only by virtue of his presence is there power, is there ability. And sometimes we get so caught up with this power thing and this workings thing and, and this, but we need to remind us that when the presence comes, so does the power, the ability. If there's no presence, and Caleb isn't here now, there's no presence, it's not moving. No, no matter how much I will it to happen, <laughs> it won't move. So Caleb, you had the privilege of being an example of the presence of God this morning. And I thank you for that. And Paul was helping to understand that when we get this doctrine, this understanding, this foundation right, can we begin to live the life that he's called us to live? And it's not rocket science. Maybe for some it is. We can make this very simple or very complex. So this inherent power that resides within us, we have his presence, which means we also have his power to accomplish the things that he wants us to do. It's so easy for you and I to rely on our strength, our strength, our ability. If I can do it or I can't do it, rather than reminding ourselves that to be successful as a Christian, horrible word to put in that context, in that sentence, but it only means that we are to bear fruit, we are to live the life that he's called us to live, is to be leaning on the presence of Jesus. And that, my friends, is good news. But the great news is that we are not disempowered. We have an energy, we have a life force of God himself that comes within us and enables us to do what he's called us to do. It's not for selfish means or selfish reasons. It's all coming back for the kingdom that we may reach people. So the best part about you is Christian, but how many people know that? How many people see that? Oh, we just, oh, I'm a closet Christian. Oh, I'm a secret agent Christian. Nobody should know. But I wonder if the best quality of who you are is that you are Christian and that is something that someone else should know about. I just wonder. I'm being challenged here myself. I read a story just during the last couple of weeks in many of my studies and whatnot, uh, particularly with a lady who just was asking someone for advice and how to had to have a conversation about Jesus with her unsaved husband and how challenging it was and difficult. And this is where I, I gleaned this thought where the, the counsellor replied back and said, you know what, that you need to be wise in how you 
you do this and don't Bible bash him and, you know, and all that. But there's got to be some way you can share what it means to have Jesus live within you. Maybe you could share at dinner at one time or a particular moment where you really battled and you said, I prayed and somehow I just felt like God had strengthened me and I could face the day. Maybe sharing what your testimony is even in the marriage context. But I like what the counsellor said after this. He said that sharing Jesus is the best part of you. Because you, being Christian is the best part of you. And to want to pull back and withhold and not share that part of you is taking something away. It's so precious for him to discover. And I put that in the broad context here as, as believers that Paul is, is wanting us to know what it is, how precious our faith is, how, how majestic it is, how mighty it is. How are we strengthened? How are we reminded of God's presence today? How do we do that? Is it coming together? I think it is. Scripture reminds us of that. Two or three gather together. There I am in the midst of thee. So God assures us that when we two or three gather together, he's there. It's really important that we understand that. It speaks about God's dwelling presence. And where he is in presence, he's in, he's with us in power. Some people may take 100 years to discover that truth. But I've just given it to you right now. The impact of the Christian context of daily life or at the gatherings is a result of what you and I bring out of our relationship with God. And we bring that sense of experience of God to the forefront in everyday life. See, it's not up to the pastor or the leader or the host team or the COVID team or the worship team. or It's up to you and I to individually want to go after God. Psalm 28, 7 to 8 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. This is real. There's days where I just felt like God just helps me. And I'm sure if you reflect, you look at it and go, God helps you too. There's things you cannot do. The things that you are not able to experience on your own than through the company of other believers and the presence of God. The Lord is, uh, sorry, uh, my heart leaps for joy and, I, and with my song I praise Him. The Lord is the strength of His people, a fortress of salvation for the anointed one. It is like the psalmist and the apostle Paul almost write as if they knew each other. But they defined the same experience from the point that God was their source of strength. He was a shield against the enemy. He is a helper because when we trust him, we know that he has our best interest in mind. He's the strength of the people. He's a refuge in time of trouble. So why would God come with his presence and his power 
What is the purpose of that church? I wonder, why are we being strengthened with his glorious might? Why do we need to know this? Because one, it's not in your own strength or ability. And two, that we need to depend upon God. With this power, this dominating power over the enemy, this is what we have. You and I can withstand the trials of the day. Really important here, God doesn't remove the trials and the barriers. In fact, James says, consider it all joy, brethren, or brothers and sisters, when you face various trials. So the, the, the immediate sense of God's presence doesn't mean or devoid of trials or conflicts. But so that you and I can stand and withstand the trials of the day, the battles of tomorrow, that we know him who has called us. This is real life. This is the reference. This is what it means to have Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we can be stronger than we can be on our own. I'm stronger when I pray. I'm stronger when I praise. I'm stronger when I put those truths into action and reality. I'm stronger. Before patience or great endurance. So he strengthens us, not just for the sake of, now you're strong, la la, go do what you wanna do. No, you're stronger so that you can withstand life talks about great endurance, hopeful. It actually means hopeful, enduring. Oh, no, another day. Got to get out of bed. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know. No. Hopeful, enduring. Consistency. It means a characteristic of one who's not swayed by or from their deliberate or intentional purpose. What was I going to do again? <laughs> I have those moments every day anyway. What was I doing? Now, what is your goal? Long-suffering, patience, endurance, steadfastness, forbearance. Slow to avenge wrongs. This is where we get this understanding. It's the same word used here, to not be slothful or lazy, but through patience and long-suffering, inherit the promises in Hebrews 6.2. It won't be up on the screen. And that leads us to this thought, that Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things, things through Christ who gives me strength. How many times have you prayed that prayer? How many times we know that verse and it's like, Lord, I need strength right now to get through this. I need you right now. My, my mind, my heart, everything is wanting to go that way. And how do I go that way you want me to go? Well, point two, I don't know what we're going to get through this. Point two, this is the mystery. And we're going to jump to 1 verse 26 here. It says, the mystery that has been kept for all ages and generations, but has now been disclosed to the Lord's people. Verse 27 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. 
This is the mystery. That you're not on your own, but in fact God is with you, but it now morphs into another space. Not only is God with you, and let's think of the Old Testament, it was a visitation culture. God would come and appear and visit and then he would go and he would be them. He would lead by pillar of fire by, by night or cloud by day. But, and God would use symbols to remind them that he is there. But it was a visitation culture. But what happens now is we're learning and reflecting that that doesn't exist anymore. In the New Testament, it changes, it morphs. This is the glorious mystery of Christ which is in you, the hope of glory. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says the Apostle Paul asked the Christian, Corinthian believers, pardon me, a question. Do you not realise that you yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Paul would argue with those who say, well, he's only speaking poetically or metaphorically. No. He's truly meant that Jesus Christ, in some ways we understand this, lives in us. He's practically dwelling within the believer. We have no excuses. Christ took on human flesh. Talk about the incarnation. God added something to his nature. But we are doing the reverse. So God adds to his divine nature human flesh, sinful human flesh, born of a virgin. So that wasn't the seed that contaminated. So he takes on, as, as divine, he takes on human flesh and now we're doing something reverse. We're human flesh and now we're learning how to take on the divine. There was a song, wasn't it, Bringing Heaven to Earth? Uh, I think it was Hillsong might have brought it out or some years ago, something like that with the lyrics. Bringing heaven to here, to our hearts, to earth. To earth. Christ took on human flesh and there's an example for us as we take on more of the divine. Can I encourage you with that? I want to look at this labour on this at another point because this is really pivotal to understand a little of this mystery. Because truly, that as new Christians, we should be learning what this means. We should be understanding what this means because what happens early on in the peace when we give our life to Jesus and we pray the prayer with someone is almost in the sense that they're going to do everything and they don't realise that God has come in them. To help them. You cannot be a Christian. Pardon me for being so bold this morning. But pardon me, you, we cannot be a Christian without the influence and the presence of God. So you may know and read, and there are people who have read the Bible probably more times than you, and do not know this mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul said, hey church, you're going to have some troubles and you're going to have some difficult times and you're going to have some great times as well. 
and amazing times. But just remember that you're not doing this on your own. It's a work of God with you, in cooperation with you. So how come when you see two people give their life to Jesus in the same day, through the same meeting, through the same hearing, and they pray a prayer, and why one goes after a time, one direction, another goes more after God? Why is that? Why does it happen? Well, some may call it fate. Some may call it predestination. But maybe it has a lot to do with our priorities, our understanding of who God is in us. We learn that in Galatians 5. It speaks about if you start trying to do everything in your own ability, then you nullify the work of God. You weaken it. Have a look at that, Galatians chapter 5. It says you have become, it becomes no effect to you. So we have to partner with God. We partner in prayer. We partner like this, in this sacred gathering that it is. These are things that God says, I am with you. I'm always with you. I never leave you nor forsake you. But there are moments when we become aware of His presence. And that is crucial. So the Old Testament teaches us this visitation culture, but in the New Testament, it teaches us of a habitation culture. He abides, He habitates, He makes His home within us. The Bible says we are temples of the Holy Spirit, temples and carriers of God's presence. And I think that is when we get that, we discover that when we go into the world, that we're not just taking us, we're taking the best part of us. God. When we see a need and we stop, when we're at the counter and someone can't pay that bill and we say, I'll cover it. Have you been there? I've done that many times. And I don't say that to be boastful. I've seen people really embarrassed and for some reason they thought the money was there or they didn't have the money. They were inquiring how much something was and I said, I want to pay it. And you should see the eyes of that at the register. They're like, what? I'll buy it. Is that God not in us coming out? Or are we just going to keep God as holy and sacred in here? Da -da -da. You may. I don't want you to see him. Pinky boo. Let's play hide and seek. God's hiding somewhere and you're going to find him. I know I'm getting a little silly. Don't worry, my daughter was getting very silly the other day. She was doing a Tupperware um, video and uh, maybe, I don't know, some here may see it. And she did this video, but she's been in lockdown for like 10, 10 weeks now. So I understand why this happens. And all of a sudden she started having two red capsicums and they started to talk. And I'm watching this and I'm just, just about crying in laughter. Yes, you did put me in the fresh you know, Tupperware container. Oh yes, I'm so happy I've been in the Tupperware container. So I rang her last night and said, you are so funny. She goes, oh, Dad, I'm just going nuts. <laughs> I said, I loved it. I said, it was really great. I said, if anybody wasn't enjoy, enjoying that or blessed by that, I don't know. 
So a habitation culture. I'd like to speak more on that at another time and probably do a series on that. It's, a, it's His glorious might, His wondrous might that has been given for us. And what, what for? I want to close on this thought because He's qualified us. He's enabled us. Oh, that means we have tough times, friends. That means we do have trials and we have difficult days. But we know that Christianity is not escapism. Some people think when they come to Jesus, I escape everything, all my problems and everything will be good and Jesus is going to do it all. He'll do what he can do and we will do what we can do. God helps those who help themselves, isn't that right? Especially when you're putting your hand in the cookie jar. Anyway, qualified means to make sufficient, to empower, to authorise. I believe we're in a day and age when we need to know who we are. Not only our identity, but whose we are, who we belong to, that we are to be, we are being made sufficient, we are to be empowered, to be authorised. There's a chart up here somewhere. I think I have this chart. There's a chart. When we talk about Christ in us, can you see the, the anomalies of this? Can you see the challenges that this has? This is the reality for us as we live it out. In Christ I am saved. There should be a screen chart there. I don't know if it's come up. In Christ I am saved. But there's the other side where I'm growing in Christ, which means I'm being saved. The Bible says I'm, I have it all. I have it all. It all belongs to, to those who possess and believe in Christ Jesus. And yet there's a sense we don't have it all as well. There's a sense where we learn that we are completing Christ But I'm also learning how to be renewed and to grow in that. I discover when I read the Scriptures, I am a saint, but then there's also a sense where I am a redeemed sinner. At one moment, I'm a, a temple of God, and the next moment, I'm a human vessel. In one moment, I'm alive by the Spirit who gives life because of the righteousness of Christ. Another moment, my body is dead to Sin or because of sin. In one moment, I discover that God can work in me. And there's another moment where I discover that I need to work in God. And this is just a handful. You can read the whole Bible and just see, I'm saved but being saved. I'm, I'm, I'm complete, but I'm not perfect. We just go on and on. This is that mystery. This is this area where He's qualified us and so we don't look at one side and go, well, I'm not ready to do that or I'm not able to do that or I, I cannot do that. I just wonder. I'm calling this next moment and I'm leaving a bit out. I'm leaving a lot out, in fact, but I just, I spend too much time on something else. That's Okay. My prayer is always that at the end of the day that God will say what He needs to say and I just don't get in the way. We want to do a bit of a journey. We want to go on a bit of a journey together. And what does that mean? It means that if we're going to learn anything from the Colossi Church and the believers, it's not just about hearing stuff and coming to church and then going and feel like it's a penance, it's, a, it's works. But actually we engage a little bit.
So I'd like to ask you, who is here today that has a prayer need? Who here has a prayer need, whether for yourself or for someone else or a family member? Just raise your hand and put it down. Raise your hand and put it down. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. We come with needs. We come to church with needs and sometimes we come and then we go and we still feel like we've left the same needs. And what we want to help encourage is for you and I to learn how to engage together with this dwelling sense of presence of God where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of thee. If you ask anything, it shall be done. We see that permission given when we're gathered together. So I want to call these defining moments that we want to just add into the service so that you feel that you can partake. We've been singing, which is partaking. There's been prayer that we can agree with. But individually, what we don't want to see happen is people leave with needs unmet. Or people leave without the opportunity to pray. And Jesus got quite upset about that when they turned the temple into a trading centre, an extortion, mind you, rather than actually trying to find a place to meet people's needs. So for the next few moments, every week we want to just lean in a little bit. And what does that mean? It means you have to be a little scared with us. I'm a little scared, you're a little scared. Because it's a little unknown to do this, how we do this. It doesn't have to be perfect and there's no wrong. But what we want as a leadership is to really see the heart of God and the presence of God being manifested in our lives. And that's scary. It can confronting. And so for the next few moments, I want to do less and we're going to invite the band to come up, please, and have something quietly in the background. And the reason we want to do that is we also understand that if you would like someone to come and pray with you, or well, there's someone near you would like prayer. Maybe as a couple you would like prayer. Then we're going to ask you if you can raise your hand, if you want to do that. You don't have to. But we're going to just keep going here each week because we want you to know that you've got the opportunity to respond. You don't have to and no one's going to make you feel bad and I'm not going to definitely do that. But I'm standing here at times and I need people to come around me and pray. And I know that you need times people to come around you and pray. And we're going to do that in our space. We're going to do that with the 1.5 metre. What'd you say? I don't know how we're going to do that. But if we wait for it to be perfect, we'll never do it. If we wait for it to be completely understandable and coherent in our own mind, we probably won't ever do it. So today we're going to take a few moments in this song and just have a moment where we can just, not long, where there's pause. Maybe today it could be, I just want to give thanks that Christ lives in me. The mystery has been revealed. I want to give thanks that He saved me and He called me by name. And He gives me a new name, Beloved, Sanctified. 
the righteous of God. Heavenly Father, we pray right now that You would begin to just minister into our hearts. Because ultimately we can come to church, we can gather like this, but we've got to remember we are the church. We are the living church. And the church hurts at times and the church feels wounded at times and the church is vulnerable. And the church is challenged and the church feels weak. And other times it can feel strong and powerful and a force to be reckoned with. But Lord, help us in this moment not to miss what you want to say. So we're inviting you, Lord, to not only come, but to be made manifest in our space right now. I'm going to invite you, if you want to stand, you can stand, but you can sit. If you'd like to kneel, you can kneel. But I want you to have a moment right now just to give thanks. Just begin this pray out now, give thanks. Think of one thing you're thankful for. in a few moments but I just want to do this would you like prayer right now wherever you are just to raise your hand so we can just see you come together and we pray. We're committing everything that we are, everything and who we are to God. I want to ask you to do that right now. So Gabe and some others who feel confident to pray, respectfully just honour the space and just come near those people. Others who are confident, pray. Come and pray. 
If you just raise your hand, if you put your hand up just so we can come near you and know who you are. Just for a few moments, keeping the space, acknowledging the space where we can. Yeah. Because what, what, we, what we're wanting to do is see you meet with God and heal you and help you. Maybe we can just sing that, just really softly, but just sing that so people can hear, but bring a word of encouragement. Yeah. Help us, Lord, as we're learning in this space. As we bring that we can also take that deposit, an opportunity, a moment with you. Because the reality is not one of us here doesn't need you more. We don't have our full quota, we, we, we hunger for you. And we're still trying to sort it all out. your encouragement to us today is that we can be strong in you. We can be strengthened. We can be empowered. We can be encouraged. And that's what this church gathering is all about. As we do that with one another, that we also be a light to those who don't know what it means to know how deeply loved and valued they are. So help us, Lord, to take the best part of us into this week for opportunities, encounters, and conversations. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.